Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about moms having real conversations, sharing resources, and telling their inspiring stories. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about topics that parents deal with every day and to continue these conversations through our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we would love for you to become part of our community. This week, I invited Bree Doyle, who is the author of You Should Leave Now and the founder of She Glows Retreats. She hosts transformational wellness retreats in the U.S. and abroad. Bree helps conscious companies, individuals, couples, and families become emotionally fit and reclaim their power, confidence, and clarity. And she does this all while being a wife and a mother of three incredible kids. Today, Bree and I are going to discuss about the benefits of retreats and how even a busy mom can utilize this amazing resource. Hi, Bree. Welcome to Real Life Moms. It is such an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm excited to connect with you. Yeah, of course. And you are so impressive. I have been kind of stalking your website, uh, which I think I'm just putting out there that everyone should go to thebreedoil.com because it's like so impressive. But you have done so many things. You are an author, right? And you wrote, you should leave now going on retreat to find your way back to yourself. And you are also the founder of She Glows Retreats, and you do transformational wellness retreats in the U.S. and abroad. And the reason I'm having you on this show is because you're a wife and a mother of three kids, and you do all this, like, crazy, amazing <laughs> stuff. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to, to share some about it. I know um, you have lots of moms in your community, and I kind of started my whole deal in the midst of momming. Well, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on because you have a personal story and I, and I want to hear more about that story and just the concept behind retreats and how you really got involved and also how like busy moms like ourselves can be using this resource and, and should be using it. So yeah, let's just start with maybe just your personal story. How'd you even get involved? Yeah. So I, um, you know, before, long before I had kids, I studied abroad in Nepal, actually. And I found, I met this meditation teacher and I was so, you know, excited and enthralled with the path of Buddhism at that time. So I kind of dove in head first. I was 19 years old and um, a big part of the Buddhist path was um, doing retreats. So you know, I would do regular retreats, at least one long one a year, and also many shorter ones. And then fast forward many years later, and I, you know, I started having kids and um, leaving for a retreat was a lot harder. <laughs> and so after I had my third kid, I was actually in kind of a tough spot. I was just, you know, I felt really drained all the time. I felt sad all the time. I couldn't really name what was wrong with me, but I just felt like something was off. And I was just experiencing a lot of disempowering emotions a lot. So I proposed to my husband, I was like, listen, it, would you be okay if I went on a retreat for just a week? Because I just need to, you know, I don't know what's going on with me, but I just need some time and some space. And thankfully he was supportive. So I went on a retreat at that time to Costa Rica and I didn't participate in like an organized retreat, but I just went by myself. And what I realized on that trip was not that, you know, something was wrong with me and not that I was, you know, I needed some diagnosis or some label or something like that, but it was just that I'd been hemorrhaging all of my energy onto everyone around me and I just needed more space for myself. And so, you know, I came home from that retreat and I was like, you know, I know I'm not the only woman or person who feels this way, certainly not the only mom. Um, and so I came home and I was really fired up. I was like, I want to start 
holding space for other women to have these retreat experiences because I know how important it's been for me. I mean, I came home feeling like myself again, like a new self, but myself, you know, I felt like surely other moms and women feel this way too. So, so that's kind of where it started was from really my pain point, if that makes sense. I, I felt that pain before, for sure. If you could explain a little bit more about maybe the process, because I feel like for me, I think of retreat, right? I think of quiet, I think of spa, a little yoga, but you talk much more about like a transformation. Um, yeah. yeah. And what's that? Can you speak to that a little bit? For sure. So one of the things I talk quite a lot about in my book is I've, I've deduced um, nine, I call them the nine elements of retreat. So there are nine different components that you, that I would suggest you include in your retreat to really make it a transformational experience. I mean, I think a lot of what we see today in the retreating world is like, you know, again, like the yoga retreat or social retreats or different kinds of retreating, which is fantastic, all of which can be really wonderful. But mm -hmm. I feel like to, to have a really transformational experience, there are some things that need to happen on your retreat. I'll just give you a few like one for instance is I, I believe really strongly in the power of solitude so I think having even if you join an organized retreat like making space on that retreat for total total solitude being completely by yourself because women you know we're such social creatures that we by default we connect with people and that's one of our greatest strengths you know as we're constantly empathizing and connecting and sharing and, and that's one of our greatest gifts but but what happens on retreat is we, we need to kind of change that pattern a little bit so that we can get back to our own voice if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so like, you know, something as simple as like creating space for solitude. That's some, that's one of the elements of retreat. Another one is um, going back to your basic needs. I, I always say this to my participants on retreat. Like if you're on this retreat and you want to come to a yoga class in the morning, but you haven't slept, do not show up for yoga. Like mm -hmm. first you take care of your basic needs, like take care of sleeping and eating and the very basic things that like slowly over time we deplete ourselves of because we're so consumed with taking care of everybody else. Right. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, if we, if, when you put these nine elements in place on your retreat, whether you're doing one completely by yourself or with on an organized program, you know, the chances of you having true transformation is much higher. I mean, that's my whole, all my work is around transformation. So I'm by, by trade, I'm a teacher. So I, I, I bring all kinds of modalities to my retreats for people because I want to kind of push people to their edge, if that makes sense, so that they have experiences that really wake them up. And so they go home, not just with like having had a nice experience and made a few friends, but going home feeling like, okay, I've had like a major shift and now I, now I have some calls to action too, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I, so I'm listening to you say this and like I said, I stopped you a little bit. So um, <laughs> I heard on one of your podcasts, you were saying, and I guess this goes with the solitude is just like you do part of your retreat is you don't speak for yeah. a, a day or a morning or something like that. So I'm someone who likes to put things in practice, like immediately, like when I hear something, I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> Sounds fun. So of course, what I did was I said, oh, I'm going to take Saturday morning and I'm not going to talk to anyone. And, <laughs> and I just to try, right? And I, so I did. And, um, and so what I do is I get up pretty early in the morning. So it's like 5am on a Saturday. We could talk about that another time. And I was like, I'll go till 10. That's like five hours, right? I can, I can yeah. be silent. Okay. So what happened for me was that I really enjoyed the silence. I don't think I did what I should be doing during the silent time per se, but 
<laughs> but as soon as somebody like starts asking a question and I'm like waving my hands like no I'm not going to talk I was like okay so this really doesn't work or, or does it work you know could it work that's that's awesome that you gave it a try and I think that you know the container like it's hard it's hard to do that kind of a thing at home because you know you do have so many people who are and so many patterns, right? Like we're constantly connecting with our kids and our spouse or partner or whatever. Um, so it's hard to, to break some of those patterns at home. And that's why practicing something like that on a retreat can be so effective is because you you have this container now that holds the space for you to experiment with. And I, you know, silence is one of the levers I like to pull for people, but I also do a separate retreat called Purify where we, it's a cleanse, like people fast on that one, or, you know, you can do different things. Like some people have always wanted to try intermittent fasting or something. So they'll come on a retreat and try that. Some people completely do like social media fast. I mean, there's a lot of ways to use withholding. I think there's a lot, I, I'm a big believer in the power of withholding because I feel, I feel that we live in a time and in a culture of decadence. You know, we can get anything we want. We can have everything we want at any moment. Mm -hmm. So the way to get more information about ourselves is actually to practice withholding something, mm -hmm. you know, because we're so used to getting everything. So you get a lot of data, right? When you, about yourself, like when you do silence or when you withhold something else, you, you realize pretty quickly, like, you know, for me, I always realize with silence, like where are the times that I'm just filling the air to make other people comfortable? You know, like I, I find myself doing that in social situations sometimes, like if there's a little lull, like I'll quickly dive in to, to do what I think is like easing the social tension. Yes, that silence is just terrible sometimes. You just want to. Right. Like, yeah, I hear you. Right. But then, but, but then having the experience of silence on a retreat or, or however you might practice it, it gives you kind of permission to be like, oh yeah, like I don't have to, there's a lot of energy that's constantly, you know, I don't think we think about the energy that's required to constantly be connecting or holding space socially for other people or, you know, even like smiling at every person we see. And, and when it's on retreat, it's like, I kind of, I give full permission to be like, look, we don't even like, we're not, we're not smiling at each other every morning when we're on day of silence. We're just in our little bubble. And the, the idea is really to hold your energy in. Like you bring your energy to yourself because it's the silence itself is great. But the, the benefit of it is what comes after the silence, which is like this energetic surge because you've held your energy tight. You haven't been splaying it all over the place on everybody, whether you're smiling at everyone or talking with everyone, but you hold it tight. And then afterwards you feel this huge energetic shift because you've actually withheld for a little while, if that makes sense. So really the benefit comes after the silence, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I guess my question to you with this is also like, how do you know what you need to withhold, whether it's, you know, the fasting or the silence or the media? How do you, how do you know? How do you figure that out? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, I, you know, I think that it's so different for everybody and it's different mm -hmm. every time you retreat. I mean, I think that if like for me, I'm currently doing a bit of a social media fast because I felt over time, like just so much energy has gone into that and it's great, but I also feel like I'm not creating to the full capacity in another realm of my life that I want to be. So I have to cut something off there. You know what I mean? Like I only have so much creative energy. So I've been putting so much of it into social media. So I had to put a little pinch there so that I can put some of it into this. I'm writing a new book. So, you know, I need my energy there. So that's kind of how I use it as like a lever. But, you know, I think that's what's, that's what's great about the practice of withholding is that you can experiment. I mean, it should come from a place of desire. 
I mean, you, it shouldn't feel like totally, totally forced. Now, I'm not saying that like silence is going to be like, oh, I can't wait to be silent. <laughs> I mean, not not a lot of people are going to, you know, necessarily want to do that. But but I do think, um, you know, if, if there's strong, strong opposition, you know, maybe look at that. Like, what is that about? And and if there's if there's if you're open to it, like it sounded like you were open to it, which is exciting, then then it's worth just trying just to see what kind of information you get about yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm open to a lot of things, which is sometimes. <laughs> nice. I, I have to say, so let, let's go back to the title of your book, because once again, it's, you know, you should leave now, right? Yeah. And as a mom, it's like, how? Like, that's <laughs> how do you leave right now, right? How do you yes. do that? I, yeah, I get this question a lot. And I, um, I think that it's a one of the things that I always say to moms specifically is that, especially ones who are like, I can't possibly leave is, you know, I say your retreat is a week that your family or however long, a weekend, a week, whatever it is, that your family will never remember. And it's a week that you will never forget. You know, I really believe that when we fill ourselves first, we can come home and we have new energy. We have new inspiration. We feel excited to be doing just connecting with our family, with our kids, with our spouse, you know, we come home completely alive. And I think that that's the space from which all of us want to be parenting or connecting with our partner, but oftentimes we don't because we're so depleted. So it's kind of a, it's, it's a bit of a shift of the narrative, you know, like the, the, the classic narrative of the mom is like doing, giving everything, doing everything to everyone else. Right. But I think retreating allows us to kind of reframe that and be like, you know, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to model this so that I don't, so that I, my kids can see me take care of myself. And then I come home and they see how alive and happy and full and my partner too and then then it becomes this ethos like my husband and I have this practice in our relationship where we each take a retreat once a year you know we have this agreement that he goes on one by himself and I go on one by myself and it's a really helpful thing for both of us because you know we're different people we're growing and do interested in different things and and so to do it separately feels really important um and I, I think that like you know once you do one then you can allow the same kind of gift to your partner and then they do one and and it ends up like feeling like two full individuals come together as opposed to two completely depleted people just trying to <laughs> scrap it together you know yeah. um so I think it's you know it's a shift and it's it's like you have to have conversations with your partner, if you have a partner or your kids, just to be like, look, you know, in the long run, I think this is better for all of us. And I think that when you come home from a retreat, certainly kids and, and partners see that. And that's, that's all the proof that's needed, you know? Right. And, and it's okay for you to do something for yourself. Absolutely. And when you go on your own retreat, what do, what do you feel is the biggest thing you come back with? That's a great question. Um, so I would say it's different every time i i tend to go to the same i go to this little tiny monastery in crestone colorado that's very austere like there's a bed and a desk and it's in mm -hmm. silence the whole time that's just my style but i so i go to the same place but i come back with different kind of breakthroughs and insights about myself every time that are totally based on where i am in my life you know like sometimes i'll come home and i'll realize gosh you know i 
I really want to put more attention into like being affectionate with my partner. Like my, my partner is a really physical person and I am, but I'm a more verbal person. So I can get out of the habit of like touching him and hugging him and kissing him and all of those kinds of things, because that's just not always my way to connect. And I feel like when I step away, I get this bird's eye view of like, Oh yeah. Like remember that. Cause that actually means a lot to him, you know, and, and I'm not, and I'm not so exhausted and depleted so I can actually see things with more clarity. So, you know, that's just like a simple example of a breakthrough I've had. You know, I've, I always bring another one of the elements of retreat is mental and emotional expansion, expansion. So every retreat I suggest bringing some kind of book or podcast or something that's going to stretch you a little bit in the spiritual or mental or emotional realm. Um, so depending on what I'm curious about, I'll bring, you know, maybe it's a book on parenting, maybe it's a book on meditation or um, emotional health, I don't know, any kind of something that I'm interested in, then I'll come home with new ideas from that. But I always come home with some kind of creative inspiration to try something new immediately in my life, you know, because I've been able to step away. So I have this perspective that you don't really get when you're just living your life with your you know head down, you're just kind of going through the motions, you can't see all the nuance that you can see when you pull away. You know, I can totally relate to that. Um, (laughs) And I've taken some time off, right, to even just be quiet and do nothing, really, just to kind of recharge. But I always feel like I fall back into the pattern of being depleted because when I come back, I kind of fall into the same routines and patterns. Like I haven't changed what's actually depleting me. Yeah. How do you feel? What do you have any advice on that? Or is that something you feel like? has been helpful with the retreats, like coming back and not falling into the same patterns that do deplete you? Yeah, no, that's a, I think that's a great question. And that's a common concern. I mean, every, at the end of every one of my retreats, we have like a transition conversation. And I, I do like a whole transitions curriculum, because I do think it is hard to come home. And it's especially hard when you slip back into your life, and you're sharing the same patterns with your partner, or your house, or your kids, you know, it's, it's really easy to fall back. And so, you know, I go through like six different things that are really critical to pay attention to when you come home from a retreat and, and to pay attention to within the first two weeks. Because those habits that you, you know, another one of the elements of retreat is is healthy physical habits. So like regular meditation, regular being outside, like whatever your habits are, like really shoring those up over your retreat so that when you come home, you've had a week of like really strong habits, you know, and so you come home and what are the habits that you're going to bring with you back home? Because there is some shift. If you want to maintain a shift for longer, there is some work on the front end of like getting back home. I mean, I do think just the pattern of the the nature of being a parent and a partner, it can be depleting. And I, I think the truth about all personal growth work is that the work never stops. You know, the work is, there's always, and that's why I kind of put retreating out there as such an important tool, because I think it does allow this re- set and it's not like you can go on a retreat once and then like for the next 15 years you're going to be totally like (laughs) dialed or something so I do think it's it's a it's a tool it's a practice it's something to use regularly and that's really part of my mission is to put it on the map as like a regular tool to use for self-care you know um but I but I think that there are common traps that people fall into I mean one of the first ones I talk about is your environment you know when you come home it's really important to check in with your spaces. And maybe that might be like, for me, one of my spaces that really builds up clutter is my um, office. So 
a lot of times when, when, I'll, when I'll go on retreat, I'll have a creative inspiration about like a new retreat I want to host or a new book I want to write, something like that. If that's what I'm coming home with, then it's really important for me to come home and consider the space within which that will be accomplished and handle that space. Like within the first two weeks, like I need to sort through my papers on my desk. I need to get rid of some of those old books. I need to put away that, you know what I mean? So like handling your environment is a really critical part of transitioning back home. Um, conversations with your partner too. I mean, I give like a list of questions in my book for your partner to ask you and for you to ask your partner after you come home from a retreat, because I do think, you know, you don't want to just fall back right away into some of the patterns that completely deplete you. And if you know, if you are in a supportive and healthy relationship, nine times out of 10, your partner wants to support you in those habits and is also inspired by it. And they're like, wow, you know, I, I'd love to do something like that for myself. And then it, like I said, it creates this really beautiful exchange in a partnership, which I think is really healthy. It makes me also think about, you know, what can we be doing, you know, now, like right now, like little parts of that, can I be working on myself and doing little things just in my day to day that would also help with me not feeling depleted? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I go back to like the withholding as one of the most powerful practices. I mean, I think just even allowing a period of time in your day where like nobody gets to um, be involved, whether that's like first thing in the morning and it's meditation or journaling or jogging or whatever, whatever it might be for you. I mean, I think those, those, you know, our habits are what make us right. So, so really kind of dialing in our habits. And if we're feeling really depleted and overwhelmed in our life right now at home, what's going on with our habits? Like what tiny shifts can we make? It's never the huge sweeping shifts that we need to make. It's always like these tiny two millimeter shifts. And if we just make a tiny shift, like we wake up 10 minutes earlier so we can sit and meditate for a minute and be by ourselves for just 10 minutes. I mean, that can make a huge difference over the course of a lifetime, right? So I think it starts like, I, I think starting small, I think is important from home because then it feels manageable and doable. And it feels like it's something you can keep up. Whereas, you know, a lot of people want to completely revamp their life. And I think that's wonderful, but I think just starting small, making small commitments to yourself, whether that's meditation or exercise and dialing in those habits of basic, basic needs that, you know, women, we have a really interesting relationship with our needs. I talk a lot about this at my Crestone retreat. That's a retreat that's specific to the energy, the masculine and feminine energy and how they, how they interplay with each other. So we talk a lot about that, but mm. men have, men have an incredibly strong relationship with their needs. Okay. Cause they, if they need something, they do it, they get it, they go take yes. it. Yes. Yeah. If they're, I've yes. seen that. Yes. Right. Yeah. If they're hungry, they go make a sandwich. If they need uh -huh. a shower, they go take a shower. You know, women, we have a really strong connection with our sense of spirituality, our, our sense of like connectedness to nature, to the divine, things like this. But we have a weak relationship with our needs because we have our, our relationship with needs is connected to everybody else's needs. So like there, you know, there are so many days when it's like, I don't even take a shower because I'm just running everybody else around or like, oh, I forgot to eat lunch. You know what I mean? So like one of the greatest things that a masculine partner can do for a feminine partner is like make her a sandwich <laughs> or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, or being like, go upstairs and take a bath or why don't you go take a long shower? Like to us, these are things that we forego because they're very basic needs, but we forego those things. So I think re starting to pay attention to like, what needs are we continually um, forgetting about? And if we're in partnership with someone, like letting that partner know, like, Hey, I'm I, like, I haven't done the greatest job of like taking showers for myself. So like anytime you could encourage that, it's, it means a lot to me. 
Yes, yes. No, those that is great. And and it's so true because I mean, I even came home early today. Like it was the first day I didn't like have to pick up anyone. For some reason everybody had to ride home from oh, wow. they were, you know, or their activities. So after work I like, could come home. So the, what do I do? I say, Oh, I want to take a walk. That's one of the things I enjoy doing, being outside and walking, right? But no, yeah. do I walk by myself. No, nope. I grab I have three dogs, right? And I grab my dog. <laughs> which was so stressful because of course one was you know doing something they shouldn't and um yes yeah and just why didn't I just go by myself and and have that time alone right and it's hard you know I mean that's again one of the one of the great things about women is that we're always thinking of other everybody else and how we can help and how we can lighten the load at home so you know like you walking the dogs makes it easier so nobody else has to do that later and it's one less thing later so I get it you know but but I think you're right it's like just being like okay can I just do this just for myself because the truth is when we fill ourselves we are able to fill everybody else you know yeah now I, I listening to all this stuff I, I feel like all I can think about is my teens right I, I have two kids they are teens yeah. there's so much angst you know yeah in yeah. That day to day. What do you think about retreats or, or concepts of retreats for like teens? I think it's amazing. I, I was a middle and high school teacher for a really long time. And I piloted, um, met, uh, well, I couldn't call it meditation in New York City. I, I couldn't call it meditation in the classroom at that time. I called it focus time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I piloted um, back in the early 2000s, I guess, um, that focus time or meditation in the classroom for kids. And I find kids to be incredibly receptive to this kind of stuff, because I do think that like, you know, they are victims of our culture that are, you know, constantly on social media and constantly plugged in and tuned in. And, and I think that they, they know on an intuitive level, like they, they can feel on an intuitive level when it's too much, but they don't always know what to do about it. And I think retreating or meditating or silent, that this is what to do about it. I mean, I certainly would recommend for a teen to go on a program as opposed to just doing it by themselves right out of the gate. Because I think there are certain pitfalls that can happen on retreat. Like there are plenty of people who go on retreat to do a retreat and then they just end up spending the whole time on the internet, which doesn't end up giving you near the valley, you know? Right. So, yeah. so I, and, I, and I think that would be a common habit pattern for a teen too, that's so used to being plugged in. And so I think like joining a program would be a smart thing for, for teenagers, just so they have the guidance and the parameters of like what this is supposed to be like, you know what I mean? Um, so I think, I mean, I think the sooner the better for, for kids to, mm-hmm. to start this kind of thing and, and, and not in like a forcing way because right. then it becomes this issue. <laughs> But I think as they're open to it and especially as they see their parents do it, then it becomes like a normal, a normal thing. And and it's not so out there. I mean, I know, you know, I have a teenage daughter too, and she um, will kind of resist all that. She calls me like a, you know, a hippie and she resists all my like, my like energy work and all this stuff. But then, you know, she talks about it with her friends. So it's like, I know she, she plays that, but. But at the same time, she's interested and she's in tune with it. And that's all I really care about. <laughs> I mean, have you, have you ever done a family retreat or is that kind of not not really getting that alone self building time? I mean, I think I have we've never done that, but I certainly think there could be value there for sure. You know, I think like you could do that within the within and within the context of that retreat, have people have their own time, too. So I, I certainly think that that's a possibility. And I, you know, I do a retreat for moms and daughters, actually. But, uh, 
You'll have yeah, to but, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but 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 I do think like family retreats are, are absolutely a possible thing. And um, nice. you know, I would say too, like for moms though, I still think it's important to do like a separate yeah. one-off by yourself because it's it's hard to detach yourself from your kids when you're on that kind of experience, especially if it's like their first time or they're unfamiliar. You, we're just consumed as parents with being like, "How's it going?" and like, "Is this working for you?" You know? Yeah. So that's <laughs> Yeah, I go alone. I'm thinking, go yeah. alone. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. But I do think family retreating could be a, a cool thing too. So, yeah. Now, you also do, I'm excited about too, is um, you do home kits. Yeah. That- yeah. I, um, you know, I have a lot of people who are interested in my retreats that are like, gosh, you know, but it's too far for me to travel or I can't think, take that much time off or it's too expensive or, you know, whatever the reason might be. And so I came up with, up with what I call the self retreat kit. And that is, it's meant for a weekend retreat. And there's a, there's a like 40 page manual that you print off. So that kind of take walks you through your weekend with all kinds of personal growth exercises and work and, and things like that. And then there are also videos, there are meditation videos, breathwork videos, yoga videos, there's music to pair with your retreat. I mean, it kind of, it walks you through the entire thing so that you can go on a retreat by yourself and you can do it again. You could do it in your basement or you could go to a hotel for a weekend or a cabin or something like that. And you could bring, um, you could print off your manual beforehand and then bring the videos and you can do your retreat that way. And and it just makes it, it's much more accessible to people. You know, it makes it like you can do it in your own time when it makes sense for your family. And it's obviously much cheaper than joining an organized retreat. So, um, so so yeah, so I've been getting a lot of interest in that and it's, I've been hearing good feedback. So. And can um, you, can you break it up? Like if you only have a day or only a morning, can you get something like that, but only do part of it? Or is that not enough? You know, I, so my kit is specifically designed for a weekend. I mean, I, I know that there are like actual physical kits out there that have like, that are meant for like an afternoon or something that have like bath salts and things to squeeze and things to touch and things like that. And I, I think, I think that's, I mean, I know that's a thing, but mine is more geared towards a full weekend so that, well, like Friday night to Sunday so that, so that you can have kind of more of a full experience. I mean, I find that it takes at least, um, at least a day. I mean, I would even say two to really drop into your Mm. retreat experience, you know, to, to, to unwrangle yourself from some of the patterns and some of the energy that we come in bringing from home. I mean, most of us are operating from the beta brainwave state, which is really like functional, like cause and effect, like kind of buzzy, kind of constantly on, constantly doing. And so it, it takes us a little bit to unwind and to get to those deeper, layers those like those alpha and theta brainwave states that really bring us back to our sense of creativity and power so so i think that like you know at a minute like if you just have a day then a day is better than nothing but i would say at a minimum you know two nights um just to allow yourself like that first night you're still kind of landing and then by the second night it's like okay yeah, I, you know what I mean. You feel the the shift of energy in your body, and that's a really significant um, shift, in my opinion. I, I, I hear that, and that just even thinking. Yeah, like I said, I took like it was spring break. We were going to work. I just decided not to work at all, and yeah. but we didn't have anything really planned. We had very little planned. So you know, the first three days, I felt like my yeah. mind everywhere, everywhere, and it took me about three days to be able to go. Oh, 
And then yeah. like, you know, I took walks and I read a book and, you know, I did yeah. stuff with my family, but everything was like, I don't know, just, it was so nice. I have to say it was just so nice. And at the awesome. end of the week, I turned to my husband and I said, oh my God, I haven't felt this refreshed in so long. No. Um, and, and it's interesting. So I, I hear you. It's, and I didn't get to do that inner work and all that stuff, but just even just not doing not. And I, and I yeah. was listening to a lot of your stuff too, which was, I think, helpful and inspiring. On my um, like, you know, grabbing a book. I think you had said something, you know, in that quiet space you can read or, you know, just, and I, yeah. and I'm like, oh, reading. It's so, just so nice. <laughs> and I, I know it sounds so simple and kind of silly, no. but but I feel like even when I'm like reading or meditating, my mind is constantly thinking about what else. Oh, I have to make those lunches or, oh, what, what are we having for dinner? Or, oh, I have to do this for work. Or, you know, yes. even if I'm meditating and I'm in the moment, which is, well, I'm using air quotes here, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, my mind isn't. And I really felt like that week off, it took me three days to get out of that where my mind was still racing and... Yeah really drop in so yeah so I yeah I'm gonna definitely try some sort of retreat <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah I, I think it takes it takes time for our nervous system to calm down you know I mean truly we're we're and you I'm sure you know this from your work too it's like we're constantly living in a state of engagement like we're just on and going and alert you know and that's really exhausting over time it's exhausting so there's, you know, you feel the nervous system like ooh, slowing down, calming down when you have more than just one night. It's really significant. So yeah. what would you, what did, what would you want to tell parents or, you know, moms that are in this day-to-day -day hustle and bustle, not noticing that their nervous systems are revved up and yeah. feel depleted? Yeah, yeah. What do you want to let them know? You know, I think the biggest thing is I would just say you're taking retreat for yourself. You're planning, even if it's just a spa day for yourself. I mean, you're taking that space for yourself is, is really a gift that you're giving your children. And we just get so out of habit with that. We think that us being involved in every single thing and always being there to pick them up and always like, of course, it's important to be involved. But I think that when we are involved and we're in a frenzied state, then that's the energy we're constantly sharing with our kids, you know? And to me, it's like, if you can take a few days or a week once a year or whatever it is and know that like the people that you're fearful of leaving are actually the very people that you're doing it for, you know, if you, if you have that mentality, then, then I think everybody benefits. I mean, I think, you know, it's great to be involved, but when we're unhealthy mentally, emotionally, energetically, then it's, then, then how great is it really? <laughs> No. Yeah, I love, so. love that. I love that. Yeah. Just that mindset of, you know, it's it's not even selfish because we are doing it so that we're better for yes. them, for our yes. family, for everybody else around us. That's so important. Absolutely, and I and I think that's. I mean, that's that's the gift we have to give our kids, right? Is like our our energy, our our, our sense of awareness, our. Like that's, I, I talk a lot in my retreats about what I call emotional legacy. You know, we all talk about like, what's our like genetic legacy or what's our like physiology that we pass along. But like, nobody talks about like, what are the emotions that we pass on? What's the, what's the state of mental wellness that, or, or unwellness that we pass on, right? So I think like really owning your sense of um, mental and emotional health and retreating is how we do that. And to me, that's what I would like to have 
carry on in my family with my kids is like a strong sense of like mental and emotional wellness. That doesn't mean every single minute. I mean, but, but just mm -hmm. a, gen a general sense of like, I can take care of myself. I can get myself out of dark pits. You know what I mean? And, and I think modeling that is important. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Modeling that so that they can have, they can learn that too and just do something different than this rat race that we run sometimes. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm even more inspired than I was <laughs> before I talked to you. I, uh, I'm going to do some reading. I'm going to do some researching and I'm going to do some retreating. All the R's or the V's. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. Yeah, and definitely bring it into my life because I think uh, I just think it's it's just gonna make my life even longer. Honestly, I'm gonna live longer. Yes. <laughs> totally. But thank you, thank you for sharing. First of all, your beautiful work that you do, thank you. and just reminding us to you know give to ourselves and and refuel ourselves, and so that we can be the best version of ourselves. Definitely. Yeah, it's, been, it's my honor. Thanks so much for sharing the conversation with me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm truly inspired by Brie and I'm loving the concept of by taking this space for yourself, we are actually giving a gift to our family. If you would like more information about retreats or other resources that Brie offers, please visit her website at www.briedoyle.com. Join us on our Facebook group so we can continue to discuss this topic or any other parenting topic. And don't forget to follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.